Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Foggy Jack Live podcast. Today, we celebrate our 100th episode. So today, we're going to take it old school, take it smooth, and listen to some smooth jazz. So please, stay tuned. Foggy Jack Live Podcast 100th episode today. We are celebrating with the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Foggy Jack Live is part of the Angry Bookworm Radio Network. Visit theangrybookworm.com for more shows like this one. Foggy Jack Live Podcast supports Haunters Against Hate, because hate is the scariest thing of all. We also support The Trevor Project, saving young LGBTQ lives. Please, if you feel that you need to talk to someone and that you need help, please don't hesitate to contact The Trevor Project, 1-866-488-7386. Once again, that's one 1- 866-488-7386 or you can call the U.S. National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255 that's 1-800-273-8255 please reach out to them if you need help or if you just need someone to talk to You are loved and you are cared for here at the Foggy Jack Live Podcast. Thank you. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. I see you shiver with anticipation. Guys, I am so excited to tell you, for you guys to be here with me on the 100th episode of the Foggy Jack Live podcast. It is quite the accomplishment for any podcast, um, whether they're a daily, a weekly, a monthly, a yearly, to hit 100 episodes. And I have hit that mark today. And I am so grateful and thankful for you to be here with me right now. I need to ask you a quick favor. Please, please, please repost this show. 
If you go on to Instagram, at FoggyJack13, I have posted a plethora of ads, advertisements, and other things dealing with this episode. So will you please go on to Instagram? I'm going to do it on Facebook and Twitter. Um, also on Reddit. Basically anywhere you can find FoggyJack13. I'm posting something there. And please, 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 from the bottom of my heart, I ask you, please, <laughs> please repost it. The 100th episode, my goal is to get 100 listens on this episode. And even a listen is even one second. Like that is a listen. And that would be still hitting that 100 mark would be awesome for me. I haven't even broke a 50 mark very regularly um, on the shows. So hitting 100 on the 100th episode would be absolutely amazing. Also, I on Instagram have hit 8,100 followers. And just to let all of my fans, the pumpkin seeds, know on the podcast that as soon as I hit 10,000 followers on the Foggy Jack Live podcast, Instagram page, at FoggyJack13, I'm switching everything. There's going to be lots of, of uh, things that are going to be switched on the Instagram page, revamping the Facebook page, and hitting Twitter hard once again. So make sure... If you're listening to this podcast and you don't follow me, go follow me on all of them. Foggy Jack 13 is the same for everything. Um, so it's super easy to find me. Also, a while we're here on the 100th episode, I am going to start selling merchandise. Um, I will have more information um, put on the podcast as soon as I can. But I will be, um, I'm excited to be selling shirts and hats and all sorts of stuff um, for the podcast. There is, I think, four different shirt designs I'm putting up from the get-go. There's going to be the regular one. There's going to be a purple one. There'll be a rainbow one. And then there is the Hawaiian one. So there's four designs that I'm going to be able to put up on... Um, t-shirts and, and stuff like that. But um, as for now, I'm going to keep it short. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Foggy Jack Live podcast, 100th episode, as we celebrate this accomplishment with the greatest movie of all time. I don't care who you are. You can fight me on it. The Rocky Horror Picture Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Thank you. And I will see you guys later in the pumpkin patch. Alrighty. Well, thank you guys for coming on the f- the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you very much. We're celebrating the hundredth episode, so it's. <laughs> I wanted to go big, and there's nothing bigger than the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So that's exceptionally <laughs> true. <laughs> oh yes! Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. Alrighty. So let's get you guys to introduce yourself to everybody on the show. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll go first. My name is Megan. I am one of the co-directors of the Hamsters and Fishnets Shadowcast of um, Bellingham, Washington. All right, and I am Paul, and I am the other co-director of the Hamsters and Fishnets Shadowcast in Bellingham, Washington as well. Okay, how 
How did hamsters and fishnets become the name? <laughs> um, I th- <laughs> you want to go ahead? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. I think it ended up being something where uh, it just sounded, I think it ended up sort of being a joke because it's in Bellingham. And so they're like, oh, hamsters, we're Bellinghamsters. And um, I was like, okay, why don't we just be hamsters in fishnets? Because that's Literally funny. everyone in that show wears fishnets anyway, so it makes sense. It's very and, true. <laughs> and we're Bellinghamsters, so we're just hamsters. Mm-hmm. I think the only exception that doesn't wear fishnets is Eddie, but um, there's nothing that says he can't. So Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What... what... What's uh, what is the best part? We'll go with this. What's the best part of Rocky Horror Picture Show? You that go is first, Megan. Such a loaded question. <laughs> um, let's see. The best part of Rocky Horror. Um, I love the um, camaraderie that comes out of Rocky Horror. Um, there's just so much. It's it's kind of like a, a weird sexual family. Um, <laughs> I know that sounds awful, but it's really accurate. Um, you know, it's a place where anyone can be exactly who they want to be. Um, there is no judgment. There's no um, expectations of them to be anything more or less than who they are. Um, and it just it it brings happiness to my sweet little theater heart um in that i you know everyone has that opportunity and so long as they're not being a jerk about it um then all is well you know we we love everyone for who they are and they can explore who they are and who they want to be through the lens of these crazy uh parody beat horror movie characters <laughs> that was long <laughs> i realized I that. <laughs> <laughs> okay that was that was actually pretty much on the nose there um i agree with just about all of that um you know the one thing i would add on to as well is you can tell just from the way that everybody shows up and the way that everyone really pours into uh the show itself it is um absolutely a labor of love and passion because we do not get one red cent when we perform. We're doing this mostly out of the goodness of our hearts, performers, um, uh, stagehands, everybody, and everybody pitches in, uh, in multiple ways when we pull this show off. So it's great again, to see that camaraderie sort of come together and, um, watch people contribute, whether it's just, you know, moving, a stage block, you know, just one of those little like dramatic squares that they have um, sitting out that people sit and stand on, or if it's, you know, really giving their all doing um, I'm going home as Frank or operating a spotlight or just, you know, the light board concessions, um, running the Virgin games, whatever. It's always something that feels like um, the person is really there, really wants to do it and is really giving their all for it. And again, talking uh, quite a long time, but, you know, it's one of those things. Overall, it's just the passion that goes with it and the freedom to be able to sort of be yourself through the lens, again, of these very strange characters. But it is most definitely a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Rocky Horror Picture Show is definitely fun. That is a very, <laughs> very good word for it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so for the people that don't know what a shadow cast is, could you explain what what your show is or what a shadow cast is? Absolutely. Um, if you don't mind, Megan. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Okay. What a shadow cast is, um, the setup is you put it together much like a movie theater where you have the screen up front um, and we play the movie, sound and all, and it's going on in front of all these people and you have an audience. But at the same time, you have this gap between the screen and the audience where people live act, come out act and out the perform. Movie. Yeah, they <laughs> perform the movie as it's going, as opposed to being like, how do I put this? It, they don't. It's not necessarily a dub, but they're just sort of recreating it um, in their own way, right in front of the movie itself. And um, one of the charms about it is, at least for us, it is very, very low budget. So we don't really have a whole lot of um, complicated props. For instance, the elevator that we have isn't really much of an elevator. It doesn't even have a door. It's just a it's... cage that we hold onto that's on wheels. And then we just sort of turn it around to make it look like <laughs> it's going somewhere. Which... Oh. Um, again, it's really funny, especially when you get about five people in there and you're sort of like, okay, this is what we're going to be doing. And, you and know, two have- of them are already <laughs> mostly naked. <laughs> as, as one is during Rocky Horror. Exactly. Of course. <laughs> um, I think one of the other things that I really like about the shadow cast, again, it is just, it's people performing their interpretation of the movie in front of the screen, but it's also that they can add whatever embellishments they want. Um, For instance, one year, um, one production that I actually saw and I got inspiration from had the criminologist, uh, the narrator, just get progressively more drunk throughout the movie. (laughs) And it, it just turned into this huge thing. The, the person that I watched um, was uh, uh, feminine presenting and, she came out and she was like very well put together and then just throughout the course of the show lost a tie um there were no buttons buttoned on her button down shirt by the end of the show like everything was disheveled and she was just fake drunk off her ass uh the entire time and it turned into this big huge bit and i loved it and i was like i can take that i can use that and so like the criminologist, uh, all the way from like Frank, all the way down to the Transylvanians, the the unconventional conventionists, those who would be um, all of the tuxedo wearers uh, in the movie, um, they kind of get to have fun with whatever the fuck they want to do. I hope I can say that. I apologize. Yeah, you're, good. Okay, you're all good. Cool. Oh fuck yeah. it's Um, all good my door's closed the kids can't hear me (laughs) but yeah just having some fun and being able to make it your own and and making some fun choices that you might not be able to make in like in a production of the rocky horror show (laughs) versus a shadow cast you know with the rocky horror show you kind of have to follow what's in the script more or less but with a shadow cast, you can do whatever you want. Absolutely. You can be as silly as you want. You can be as raunchy as you want. 
within you know your local jurisdictions reasons <laughs> certainly <laughs> oh can i can i can i add on a little bit to um the idea of sort of embellishing things specifically something that happened last year Oh, oh yes. Ahead. I assumed you were going to talk about that. Yeah, I get the feeling you know which one I'm going to say. Um, uh-huh. There is a specific scene where Frank seduces Janet and then seduces Brad, and it's all done in silhouette. We were able to do that because we had a light that uh, backlit the sheet that was being held up by two of the Transylvanians. Um, again, decidedly low budget, but it was still fun. Um, <laughs> and there is a point where... Uh, Frank is saying something like, do you really want him to see you like this? And he pulls Janet's feet up and sort of knocks her back and tries to do something naughty. Well, <laughs> we decided, actually, no, this was the idea of, um, our Janet, our Janet and our, and our, and she passed it by us and our Frank. Um, and we all thought, well, what the hell, why not? Instead of him, uh, sort of knocking her back, he, actually turned around and bent over and she had a pool noodle in an her hand. An oversized pool noodle at an that. An oversized pool noodle that she was now um, in the shadows using to make it look very suggestive as to what she was doing to Frank, specifically something <laughs> to his posterior. And I wasn't sure how it was going to play, but I was also in the back um, watching just because... It's one of the it's one of the things we can do is we can sort of sit in the back of the audience and just sort of watch the whole thing play out uh, to make sure that everything's going correctly. And this um, it 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 was one of those things that took my eyes off the main screen and I was looking down and I'm going, oh, my God, can we do that? And we never got a single complaint oh, yeah. <laughs> laughing and I'm going and, and I think I ended up I ended up in one of the callbacks saying, Oh my God, what is she doing to Frank? And people started realizing what it was and just laughing even harder. Oh so yeah. <laughs> those kind of embellishments are always a lot of fun to uh, try and pull off. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't, but you, but you know, you, you, you miss every shot you don't take. So I'm glad we did it. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> that one was absolutely gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think, uh, I don't think you could get away with that here in Utah. So <laughs> See, there's a joke that we make. There, there is a rather conservative town near us. Um, oh yes, this one too. And and one of the lines in the movie is, you know, it it's not what. Uh, there's no not, crime in giving oh, yourself over to pleasure. And for us, you know, for actually pretty much anywhere that has a shadow cast, um, you say it is in. And then put in whatever your most conservative town that would have uh, <laughs> issue with such things um, Romo, in Utah. there. <laughs> yeah. When yeah. I live. <laughs> such is the way sometimes, I guess. Oh, indeed. But, but you know, we we had a, uh, a gentleman play Frank... Um, a couple years in a row, who's really good. Also one of the most conservative people I know, but for him it was like, this is kind of my once a year I get to let loose and not deal with that side of things. Um, and then the third time he was asked to do the part because he was so good at it, he was like, I, no, no, let someone <laughs> else do it. <laughs> this is too much. But he's always super supportive, so it's really nice. So you guys have been 
putting this show on for how long? Uh, us, us personally, we've been doing it for about three years together. Um, I've been performing it. I was performing in it two years before that. And Megan, you said it was a uh, the one year less than I was, was. Yeah. So like one one or two years on top of our three of directing for okay. me, and yours was three or four. Wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever well, numbers those are. <laughs> okay. What parts have you guys played? Um, My first year, I played Columbia, and then I did a couple years of um, Magenta, and then I played Eddie this last year. Mm-hmm. Okay. And for me, I started out playing Eddie. It was actually um, at the suggestion of a gentleman named John, who used to be the guy who would put all this together and he has since turned the reins over to us because of his um advanced age um so i got to do that for two years and then um again i you know uh, we were megan and i were both eddie and um columbia one year and then for two years we were riff and magenta together uh and this last year uh, i took a departure from that and played dr scott which was really kind of strange um, considering the other ones just like to move around a lot. And then it was just sort of like sitting in a wheelchair for a good portion of that. Yeah. Um, and, and then another, you have the leg time. Yes. <laughs> but another another fun tidbit, um, specifically about the first time that Megan and I did the show together, um, we like to do um, sort of themes sometimes, as opposed to mm-hmm. just the straight Rocky Horror show, um, which is fun. But there are points where, you know, well, what if we did it this way? And that year we did superheroes. So we had Frank in like all black fishnets and a corset, but also wearing the Batman cowl. It was beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. And then, of course, Rocky was um, Robin, uh, Robin or Batgirl, depending on who was playing it on the night. Uh, No, it was Robin for both. Are you sure? Yeah. I swear there was a bad girl in there at least once. Nope. Okay. Well. There, there was two different Wonder Womans. That's true. Uh, I remember Riff and Magenta were Joker and Harley. Yep. You were Catwoman as Columbia. Yep. And then they took my character as Eddie out of a completely different universe. <laughs> and I loved it because this is another one of those embellishments. He's supposed to come in on a motorcycle. Uh I was Wolverine, so I was coming in in a black leather jacket, smoking a cigar with, like, the black and yellow half mask as opposed to a helmet. That's the Wolverine (laughs) mask. And pulling it off and showing that, yes, indeed, my hair was frilled up the way his is, and I had the mutton chops, and they had added, (laughs) like, the pale coloration and the scar across my forehead. Um, But it was still most definitely Wolverine. And so I'm going, whatever happened to Saturday night this whole time uh, as friggin' Wolverine. The only thing I didn't have was the claws, <laughs> and I think it was because I would probably have hurt somebody. <laughs> Mainly but me. It was, yeah, it was, it, was, it was just so much fun to get to sort of do a spin on that. And we've been trying to do it ever since, but it's one of those where um, you sort of have to do it right place, right time. Yeah, so like, you know, the last couple of years we just did straight Rocky Horror. <laughs> straight, that's wrong. Uh <laughs> But like true blue Rocky Horror, um, because we did have, you know, a lot of people who are like, no, you know, we've done, you know, 
themed stuff a lot recently. How about we do a couple years of just regular Rocky Horror? Um, we were like, okay, that's fine. It'll be regular Rocky Horror. And then this year with COVID and everything, we're like, okay, if we get to do it this year, because who knows what uh, phase we'll be in, uh, Washington's and phases. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, if we can do it, Otherwise, we will push it to next year. Um, our plan right now is doing a dystopian theme. So everyone's going to pull out whatever dystopian look they want to go with. You know, Brad and Janet are probably going to go for a fallout feel. Um, you know, go for the, yeah, dystopia started in the 50s. So everyone's still stuck in the 50s. And, you know, the ending Riff and Magenta are going to be cyberpunk. And, you know, Eddie's probably going to be nuclear fallout not the game fallout but you know mm-hmm. nuclear fallout kind of uh, uh feral is not the right word but it's the only word that's coming to mind right now um <laughs> but part of the reason we were thinking about doing that is so everybody could still wear masks and it was like this is okay. like the most accurate way of doing this so we're not just performing in masks um it's just gonna be dystopia and we may as well hold it over to next year if we can't do it this year because it's still a fun theme and it's still interesting and everyone can still show their personal fun style within this theme without it being too on the nose of you know superheroes or uh cartoon characters since you're not allowed to say um, the name of the how uh, of the mouse, uh, or the in... bunny. I don't think. Oh yeah, can't do any of that. But <laughs> um, people can make their own conclusions, certainly. But we couldn't put any of that into the program or anything like that. Yeah, we we could say cartoons, and then <laughs> uh, selectively choose our cartoons from the same universe or something. Who knows? <laughs> Here's an idea. You just dress everybody dresses up as Disney characters since Rocky Horror is now owned by Disney. So, I mean it would work. <laughs> it kind of would, but you know, the other thing is, I know there has <laughs> been a crackdown on um folks who have been doing uh shadow shows without paying the rights. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't know if doing something like that would actually draw even more attention depending on whether or not it gets some kind of uh, um, media attention. Yes. Media attention. Thank you. I was trying to find the correct words. Um, or yeah. Publicity, I guess is a good word. Um, uh, yeah. That I mean, is the word I was looking for. I just want to see Mickey mouse and a corset and fishnets, but um. <laughs> I mean, if we were to make anyone <laughs> Mickey and Minnie, it would be Brad and Janet. There you go. Oh yeah. Uh, Oh, goodness. I'm scared. Get a grip of yourself, Janet. I don't know if you're allowed to put that on there, but there it is. It's going on there. I don't care. Okay. Hopefully you don't get a cease and desist. <laughs> Probably not. It's just a I'm not under contract to any company. It's okay. Neither am I, so it's okay. <laughs> How many times have you guys seen the movie? Uh... Well, I'm going to have to take off my shoes to figure this out. (laughs) I mean, Um, every year 
it's one, two, three, four, five, six for the shows, one for our pre-screening. Uh, uh, we usually have about four rehearsals, so like 11 times a year, if not more. Oh, yeah, it's bare minimum. Yeah. So I'm, st- I'm still beating you guys. I drive my wife crazy with this movie. I swear I watch it at least <laughs> once a week. <laughs> I you love it. What? I love it. You know what? It, it's a great show to do and a great show to watch, especially when you're like, I just need something that I know and I can laugh at and I can cry at. And, and I just... can yell at. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get all of these emotions out. I'm going to yell at the screen. Rocky Horror it is. Oh, yeah. It's such a good movie. Um, alrighty. Who are your guys' favorite characters from the movie? Oh, gosh. Oh, boy. Um, usually the ones I've played. I love, I love <laughs> being Eddie just because he's completely manic. Um, I love being Riff because he has this air of, uh, sinister about him. He is, um, there, there, you can definitely tell even when he first shows up, there's something else going on, uh, besides just being, you know, the master handyman. He's doing something else. There's always something else going on behind that. And he always felt otherworldly to me, which was always a great kick when you get to the end and, oh my God, there's space aliens. Uh, those were a lot of fun. If I had to pick... Spoiler um, alert. Yeah, in case anybody listening to this hasn't seen it ever, we'll put a disclaimer on there, like major spoilers. But... um yeah. The, the those 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 two really hit the high end as far as as far as I'm concerned with uh, characters that I that I enjoy personally. Um, Doctor Scott is sort of a distant third, just because he doesn't really have a whole lot to do. But when you get to be this sort of, uh, you, you can certainly take the stuff that he does and just sort of dial it up to eleven with facial expressions. And I remember we have a guy who photographs the show every year. And I remember seeing some of the expressions I make and I go, wow, I went that far with it. <laughs> and then there were other points I went, you know, I could have done even more, but at the same time, it's just sort of like, again, it's that freedom to sort of do what you want. And um, those three have been so far my favorite. I would love to take a shot at Frank at some point, but that's more like if we can't find anybody else to do it. And I've talked yeah, enough. Go ahead, Megan. I, I was going to say, that's put yourself in line somewhere because we have at least five people who want to do it sometime. <laughs> to be completely yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. But um, my favorite characters. Um, I think... Oh, man. I, I'm in kind of a similar situation. I I love them all for their own reasons. Um Every time I'm watching the show, my eye is always dragged to Columbia, though. Because she's just, she's peppy, she's big, she's bright, she's out there. And, you know, it's, it's fun to watch that kind of kind of character. That's kind of what they're there for. Um, but I also have, I mean, I love the stupid shit that Rocky gets into. Um, especially with... <laughs> Especially with, like, what people can do with shadow casts, because who knows what you're going to see? Because, yeah, <laughs> Rocky's running around in gold underwear. That's pretty much it. And <laughs> and he's flexing at the audience. And that's it. 
So whatever he can do to make it funnier is even better because you get to sit there and you go, man, that man has a pile of rocks for a brain. But it's <laughs> dope. <laughs> um, I have the ever love spots spot soft soft spot for frank um which i'm pretty sure everyone does because oh indeed it's tim curry oh yeah um <laughs> but also like you do see this weird ethereal being just existing as he desires and going from there into oh yeah you're actually like a galactic criminal <laughs> what? Okay. Some of your decisions make a lot more sense now. Not good decisions, but they make more sense. <laughs> so, I, I like the characterization that came out of Frank. Whether or not it's actually there, I put it there, and I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alright, what has been, like... Your your favorite. Um, I don't know how to word this. What has been your favorite, you know, thing that has happened while you were performing your shadow cast? Like something that was unexpected. Yeah, whether it was an accident, whether it was I don't know something that kind of surprised you. Oh man. Oh boy. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's a difficult question. It is because now I'm just sort of <laughs> racking my brain, going, "Okay, what was something that happened that wasn't supposed to?" Um, I mean, there are all the times that actors slip that usually <laughs> get a giggle out of someone. Um, we have kind of gone on and off uh, using a um a like dance board as our stage um it's in a we perform in a flat space um so everyone is on the same level um the audience is sitting but still um but uh the year i played columbia we had the flat space because columbia tap dances i kind of know how to tap dance um you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> He taught me how to tap dance for the most part. Yeah, well, yeah. Again, again, taught taught is in heavy air quotes. Um, yeah, we had we had one we had one session at an outdoor theater when it was about to get really dark, and so it was just like, okay, <laughs> this is what we're gonna do because it's the only space we have. But please yeah, continue. Pretty much. Anyway, um, and I so we had it that year, and I remember um, I was in my tap shoes and I had walked out and I was all ready to go, and. I'm doing my spins um, during the tap section and I have like, I'm playing Columbia's Catwoman, So I have a tail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I remember. That. And I waited this tail a little bit too much. And so I'm spinning, I'm spinning, I'm spinning and I'm spinning too fast by the time I reach the actual stage. And I like whack myself in the stomach with this tail <laughs> So I'm, like, out of breath and whacked myself in the stomach with this tail, and I'm pretty sure I hit a couple people on the way up. Um, (laughs) And it was just, like, 
I sat there and I'm like, well, no one's getting mad at me for it, so that's good. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure in that same show uh, during Hot Patootie, um, I think I have fairly long hair, um, and I think I accidentally hit Paul in the face with my hair. <laughs> <laughs> one of the uh, I think you did that on more than one occasion. I kind of got oh. used to it after a while. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad you did. Um, for me, I think the world's the most recent one that I remember happening was, um, being Doctor Scott, and they have that point where he gets magnetized into Frank's lab. So. The way we do that is we have a Transylvanian pushing Dr. Scott through the audience. Uh, so they, he sort of comes back. The way it's set up is we have sort of a, we have a center aisle and two sections of audience. And then you have a break again in the back before you have like the last row. So mm -hmm. we can sort of come in and go down. We can come in through uh, the entryway, turn, then go down the center. Um, and as it happened that night, there was a gentleman who had... Uh, shall we say, pre-funked rather hard. And apparently it was just so much energy for him to expel that he lost consciousness. He was passed out in his chair. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we, we tell everybody to tuck their feet as we're, as we're about to come through because, you know, it's a rather narrow space at points. This guy was so tired that we hit his feet probably two times before we just sort of went over them. <laughs> um, and I felt kind of horrible, but at the same time, it's one of those things where you go, dude, you really need to learn your limits. Please, please. <laughs> um, as it turns out though, about 10 minutes later, that seat was empty because the ushers found him and went, please, you need to, if you're going to, if you're going to sleep, please sleep at home. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was one of those where you have that moment of panic, like, Oh no, what, 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 whatever shall we do? Um, and so we got through that. And the other thing I liked was at the very last show, and I'm going to preface this with, I kind of have to set the scene for this one. What we did last year is as co-directors, we like to open the show with giving people the rules and then doing the virgin games. I, I come out first. I do the rules. Megan comes out and she is our mistress of the virgins has been for the last three years. And to clarify what the virgin games are. So people aren't like, what the yes, hell? Um, <laughs> the virgin games are um, anyone who has not seen Rocky horror in a theater with a shadow cast um, is a Rocky horror virgin. Um so anyone who comes in and they haven't seen Rocky Horror before or they've seen it, but they've only watched it at home, they get marked with a V somewhere either on their face, on their chest, wherever they feel like having it. Um, Any kind of exposed skin, usually, that they're comfortable with. Yeah. And then uh, we have them up and play mildly suggestive games. Um, to <laughs> So we, we do like... Uh, one one that we like to play is the sexy panties game. We ask for a word from the audience, and then the people, the virgins, have to say that word as sexy as possible. Um, you know, we also have a <laughs> relay race where people have to get a pool noodle from one end of the room to the other. Uh, Between their legs without using their hands. Yeah. Um, and then finally we play chubby bunnies, but it's O'Rocky. They have to say O'Rocky through a bunch of marshmallows. And it's great. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so that's the With white games. sticky stuff in their mouth, as we like to say. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> anyway. Don't worry, it is really marshmallows. Yes. Anyway, back to your story. Yes, those were yes, those are the version games. They are a lot of fun. Um, and you know, again, it's, it's to add on, it's totally voluntary. We actually make sure we put an age limit on it, and we tell the eighteen-year-olds, you know, come Under up to 18. the front. We'll say, "Come back when you're legal," and they can go sit back down in the audience. And then anybody who doesn't want to do it can immediately go sit down as well because we bring them up. And then everybody mm-hmm. does a pelvic thrust. It's like you've been effed by the audience. You can go sit down. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so you know, we 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 we. We like to make sure that people want to do these things. If they go Mm -hmm. and they sit down, they go and they sit down. It's no big deal. Um, But this particular year, we decided we wanted to, um, because we weren't doing a theme, I think we independently decided that we wanted to dress up as a certain persona whose name you have to say three times. And then it's showtime. But that technically (laughs) goes with like three or four different mythological beings. So you have to be more specific. I just, that was the whole point of going, it's showtime. Hey, 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 you mess up my hair. Um, yeah. But yes, independently, uh, so we both decided to be Beetlejuice for Halloween. Indeed. I like building in anticipation, thank you very much. But yes, we both decided to be Beetlejuice, and uh, we did the whole thing in character. So the last night, I would do, because I would do Beetlejuice, and then it would take all the makeup off, and I'd be dr scott and you know it was kind of a shoddy um removal of the makeup because i wanted to do it very quickly um the last night i decided to hell with it i'm gonna make it look like the cast basically hijacked beetlejuice put him in the wheelchair and made him do this against his will yep so as i was as i was being pushed down the ramp or through the audience in the wheelchair i'm going hey hey, hey what are you doing hey hey this wasn't in my contract no 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 ah, ah. <laughs> having a lot of fun I... with that don't it remember was, that. <laughs> well, it was it was absolutely a spur of the moment kind of thing. So I'm um because it's the last show. I'm adding. A, I'm doing a bit more ad libbing than I probably should have. I'll be honest. Um, but it was <laughs> still it was still a lot of fun to sort of go. Okay, well, what would he do in this situation? He can't get out. He's not allowed to go anywhere. But again, it was sort of like he had the you know the striped tie and the striped jacket, and I still had you know, all the dye in my hair and I was, and I was uh, whited out looking like the decaying corpse that Beetlejuice is. And wouldn't you know it, um, you know, just, I think I got the biggest reaction when I actually removed the blanket and there he is in all of his fishnets. Yep. So <laughs> I think it's even funnier the fact that here's Beetlejuice doing a kick line. Um, in a wheelchair. In a wheelchair with all of these other people and he's and the expression on his face I tried to give was just one where he has no control over what he's doing and it's completely foreign to him. <laughs> oh, I love that kind of thing. Um that was that was definitely one of those uh one of one of my favorite moments in the last year. Um I think the other one that I really enjoyed and it's a really short one is when we were doing Riff and Magenta and they get to that point where they're doing the elbow sex over the candelabra and he's supposed to like he's supposed to basically be giving her a hickey. Um, I did the thing where, because, because we have enough of a dance background and we trust each other enough. I actually put my arm around her and I made it look like it because my face was upstage. And I would think I was just making noises into your ear. Oh, you were. And it was so bizarre. I was like, dude, dude, chill. <laughs> You're going to make me I remember one guess. time we got so low. I swear you were almost in like a back bend. I almost had your head on the floor 
And then I came back out and I'm like, oh my God, are you okay? I'm never doing that again because I was afraid I'm going to drop you. Oh, I'm pretty sure I just decided to keep going because you're, you, you dipped and I was like, all right, this is going to okay, be ridiculous. So <laughs> um, I think the only other surprise thing was a surprise to me. It was my first year doing the Virgin Games. Um, and we have a shopping cart that we use to bring out all of our supplies. Well, the box that I was standing on was not as uh, big as I thought it was. And I like started scooching back a little bit just to, to steady myself. And I promptly fell backwards into the shopping cart. <laughs> and like, I was fine, but it was oh, really my. surprising. And I was like, oh, I'm in a shopping cart now. All righty. <laughs> this is my chariot. <laughs> Love me. <laughs> yeah, totally meant to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So that was the non-during-the-show version that was fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All righty. Awesome. Um, I don't know if I've asked this. Um, kind of to wrap up here, have, have I asked you guys your favorite song from the movie? Not you yet, haven't. no. Hmm. What's your favorite song? Again, this is kind of like choosing a favorite character. It's like, oh, <laughs> boy, what do we... Uh, it's almost like choosing a favorite child. It is. <laughs> um, we love them all in different ways. Um, yep. I have a soft spot for Hot Patootie and I'm Going Home. Yeah. Those are those are pretty good ones. Um, yeah, I love Hot Patootie just because it was the first one I ever did. And I think I had to... And, I, and to be perfectly honest, I don't think I actually knew the song until about two weeks before I was supposed to do it. And then I was just listening to it constantly on a loop, trying to figure out, okay, how's this going to go? How's this going to go? How's this going to go? And my favorite thing about it was I actually sing it. Some people don't. They just sort of, you know, they, 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 they sort words. of do mouth flaps. Yeah. Um, but I actually come out and I actually, I'll, I'll actually sing it because I love, I love to sing and I love all those, I love the majority of those songs. Um, if I had to pick a least favorite, it would probably be sort of Damocles because why? See, I I have another weird soft spot for Sword of Damocles. I don't know why, <laughs> but I don't hate the song like most people do. Okay, well, well, hate is a strong word. I don't hate it. It's just one of those where I go, why is it here? It doesn't really, it doesn't feel like it serves that much of a purpose. But if I had to pick between all those, I love, I love I'm Going Home as well, because it, um, as satirical as the show is, there is a part of that that feels really genuine mm-hmm. and one of the things that I've always said is um, the uh, the year that um, Tim Curry shuffles off this mortal coil, which I hope isn't too soon. Um, I feel like that would be one where um, there we just sort of say no call outs. We're just leaving this here for uh, the original Frank. Mm-hmm. And it's just something mm-hmm. that I want to do when it happens. Um, yeah. And again, hopefully not too soon. Um, but if I had to pick one that always is a lot of fun and it's because of audience participation and because it is probably the best known song in the whole thing, it's time warp. Oh yeah. Because everybody gets a little something to do. Yep. You know, you you have, yeah, you have the Transylvanians (laughs) get up and they get to lead the whole thing. You have Riff and Magenta getting to sort of play off of Brad and Janet and each other, which was always a lot of fun when playing Riff. Um, you get Columbia's tap number, um, which gives you sort of an idea of mm-hmm. who and what she is and her basic attitude. It is so wonderful to get to see all that. And then at the same time, you have all of the 
um, audience getting up and you can tell, and you know, it's always also fun to watch the people who have been there before telling their friends, Hey, get up, get up, get up. You have to do this for the people who have never been there before. <laughs> and they're going, but I don't want to, like, no, you have to get up. And they're sort of being dragged along and doing it. And this is can, not, this is not an option. This yes, is mandatory. Exactly. So <laughs> you get the people who are simultaneously smiling and rolling their eyes as they're doing it. They're still having a lot of fun, but they're like, Oh my God, I hope nobody's recording this. Um, which is Which again, I, it, I think it's accurate. I don't think we're allowed to have anyone recording it. No, Maybe. but I I get the feeling that's how people are <laughs> yeah. reacting when oh, when yeah. they're when they're doing this. They're hoping that no none of their posterity ends up seeing them <laughs> embarrassing themselves, at least from their point of view. But to me, time warp sort of encapsulates everything that the Rocky Horror uh, Picture Show or Shadow Show itself is supposed to be, which is um, it's big, it's loud, it's fun, it's carefree it's got audience participation it's the entire encapsulation of what you really want um in that show because again you're still getting call outs from people going you know there's that pause when you start with it's just a jump to left and people are shouting well tell us how it goes we don't know and then you sort of go into it and everybody sort of gets <laughs> to find a great thing and it and it wakes the audience up after being after sitting down for a little bit and then they all get to sit down and they're like, yeah. And then we sort of all fall down and take a bow. And then you really get into the meat of things after that with uh, Frank's entrance. But yeah. it's oh, just oh, a Frank's wonderful entrance. catharsis. I love it. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. it's such a fun bit. Also because, like, yes, the audience gets to participate. But it makes them feel like they're a part of the show. And I think exactly. that's another thing that you didn't quite touch on, Paul. And that's okay. Um, yeah. Because they are a part of the show. You know, they are they are what the camera would be. Um, yeah. And so they are the unconventional conventionists that are watching this. They are the weird voyeurs that uh, Riff and Magenta are. Um and they're just watching this unfold with like shock and horror. And at the same time, they're like, this is so wonderful. Why, <laughs> how can I do this? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's just a nice, it's a nice way to bring everyone together and get everyone really in the mood for Rocky horror. Yep. Not to mention in the one that we do, we bring it back one last time for the curtain call. And again, Everybody gets up. We do the time warp one last time and we sort of dance our way out and we get everybody up to do it one more time. So one, once again, the audience gets to feel like they are a part of this thing right up to the very end. Mm -hmm. And we really love it when they all get up and they do that, even if it's like after even if it's 2 a.m. because we have a midnight show, if it's 2 a.m., they still get up and they still party with us and they come out and we sort of applaud them as they're coming out going, thank you so much for coming. And, you know, we get. We get hugs, we get handshakes, we get all the wonderful things. So we, we love to see our audience, and it's definitely a part of that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys for coming on the show. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you. After, after all this time of talking, finally getting on. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did it. We finally did it. Yay. Could you tell everybody where they could find your show at, where they could find you at? Yeah. Um, we are the Hamsters and Fishnets Shadowcast. Um, our, I think that's our Facebook. That is. That is our Facebook group. You can um, find us there. Yep. And we have a 
budding Discord that hasn't been officially released as of recording this. Um, hopefully soon. I'm just really bad at getting things finished when I start them. <laughs> Stay tuned, unconventional <laughs> conventionists. But... Um, we should have a link to that on our Facebook as well. If you find us, feel free to ask for an invite. Um, generally, the page is for our performers, but that's why we're working on the Discord, so we can have a place for folks to reach out to us there as well, even if they don't wish to perform, but they want to kind of be in the know about all of our Rocky Horror shenaniganry. Absolutely. And as far as the all performances right. go, um, until for these are tentative dates... Um, you know, we always perform on the week end before Halloween and on Halloween night at 8 p.m. and midnight. So anybody who does end up happening to be in our little corner of Washington State around that time, look us up. We'd love to see you. Heck yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thank you, Ty. Hello, everybody. Please stay tuned. We're just going to take a quick break for our sponsors. Hey, Foggy Jack listeners. I want to tell you guys about the Foggy Jack Live Club. Now, there might be a few misconceptions about this. First off, it is a Patreon account or a Subscribestar account, but it's so much more than just a dollar or five dollars a month. The first thing you're going to get is a video message custom to you, straight to your email, from me, thanking you for joining the club. Next, you're going to get free stuff, a pin or a sticker you choose. And then from there, you can get discount codes, uh, behind-the-scenes access to the show, shout-outs on the show, early access to interviews, a monthly Zoom call or a party is what it's going to be, giveaways. There'll be a giveaway once we hit $51 Patreon Foggy Jack Live Club members or $10-$5 Foggy Jack Live Club members. And there's going to be so much more. This is more value packed in a Patreon account than you can squeeze into a tube. <laughs> Come, please join the club. It's a dollar or $5 a month is all I'm asking to come and join the Foggy Jack Live Club. Come down to the Pumpkin Patch where the Haunters meet the Haunted and join the club today. Thank you. Alrighty, welcome to the 100th episode of the Foggy Jack Live Podcast. <laughs> Today is our Rocky Horror Picture Show Takeover, and we have the host of the Weekly Rabbit Hole Podcast with us today to talk about the movie. How are you doing? I'm doing phenomenal. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. 
it's crazy to record the hundredth episode, but <laughs> here I am. All right. So when was the first time you watched Rocky Horror Picture Show? I want to say it was when I was 15 with a big question mark at the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> it was sometime in my like high school years. Okay. Uh, and, uh, I remember I saw the movie mainly because, uh, our local community theater group was doing a production of it. Uh, okay. so I, I helped out with the front of house duties and, uh, got to see that in person, which is the whole experience. And it really helped so that there were people who knew all the jokes to, uh, be a part of the audience and everything. And we passed it along as, uh, you know, the shows went on. Uh, and so that was great. But uh, through that, of course, I was like, oh, I should probably check out what the movie's about. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. And you said you worked with the stage production of it, right? Yeah. So basically, um, I was not old enough to be a part of the actual uh, production. <laughs> but okay. I helped out with front of house when uh, they were actually doing the shows. So I was helping with concessions and tickets uh, and that sort of thing. And so then when uh, the show actually started, I was able to uh, hop in, uh, you know, once everyone had cleared out of the uh, concession area to watch the show. Oh, okay. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a great time. And uh, I'm really glad that I have seen both because I think it gives a lot of context to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there are certain things that uh, each does better and worse than the other. Uh, okay. Just by the nature of their mediums. But, yeah. Okay. Um, do you have an exa example? Yeah, so there's a, there's actually a particular scene that uh, I think about a lot, which is where they're all like, uh, Janet! Brad! Rocky! And, like, all that. And they do, <laughs> like, like three times in a row in, uh, in the movie. And it's funny in the movie, but it's hysterical uh, if, when you see it on stage because uh, the actors are able to do it as many times as gels with the crowd and are able to <laughs> nail the timing with the laughing in the crowd. It's phenomenal. Um, it's not something that like plays weird in the movie compared to like on stage. But then like also the whole thing about it is like it's this big amazing homage to like the 50s sci-fi movie right like it's yeah. the whole yeah. point of the opening song is to directly draw you to that and so the fact that it's a movie allows them to embrace the genre that they're going for and to really emulate the specificities uh in a way that the stage show like can't always necessarily do just by yeah. the nature of it so, I mean, like, there's an experience of Rocky Horror Picture Show is a movie that is, like, a big tribute to movies that carries a certain amount of weight. Yeah. What is, let's see, what is your favorite part of Rocky Horror? What's the, your, of the movie? Or the play, it doesn't matter. Oh my god, I mean, I mean, definitely, um... Audience participation has to be mentioned as just, like, the best part in general. Yeah. But, like, textually speaking, <laughs> um, I really 
Oh my god. I, I think that as like much as this is not a creative answer, the introduction of Frankenfurter is amazing. And <laughs> like God, Tim Curry is gorgeous in this movie, and it's so great. And like, there's so much queer in this movie, and it makes me so happy, and it's just delightful. But like, the introduction of Frankenfurter is not only just fantastically paced and hilariously shot, but it's this build up in the middle of like one of the best songs in a movie full of amazing songs. Yeah. That just spirals it into a new kind of gear, and it's oh, mwah. so good. <laughs> yeah, it is. I I think I watch this at least once a week. The movie. <laughs> I, I drive my wife nuts with it. I watch it so many times, but <laughs> it's just one of those movies that you can just pop on and just have in the background, or just sit there and watch it and laugh, and you know, get mad at the screen at it, and it's just. <laughs> One of those perfect movies. <laughs> I, what I love about it, too, is that, like, even if I haven't seen the movie in a while, I can go back to the soundtrack. Like, oh, I can yeah. go back and just have the songs on in the background, and they're so good. Like, like they're really fun in the movie, but, like, as standalone pieces, they're also just great. And they're oh, yeah. extremely fun to listen to. So I appreciate that element of it, too. There's a lot of individual parts that really are standouts on their own. Yeah. Yeah. Who is your favorite character? God, I mean, Frankenfurter is, not only has the benefit of being played by the infinitely magnetic and the charismatic Tim Curry, it also mm -hmm. has, you know, it also has the benefit of being played by an extremely attractive Tim Curry in amazing <laughs> costuming and makeup. But my god, I I almost I feel as though I almost have to say Riff Raff just for Riff Raff's singing parts alone. Because yeah. the transition yeah. from his like really deadpan monotone voice into the wildly energetic and like singing, it's a treat and it's a really funny detail about how he plays the character. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I would probably, I guess I might, I guess I might say Riff Raff. I don't know. It's a toss up between the two, I think. But like yeah. the movie's also just full of extremely char colorful characters. Oh yeah. There's very, <laughs> all of them are very colorful and very, they, they, they stand out. That's, that's for sure. Whether it's Frankenfurter or Riff Raff or Columbia stands out very prominently Rocky, um, oh, Eddie, yeah. <laughs> Brad, and Janet. I mean, all of them. All of them have their very unique and individual parts in the movie that all play together so perfectly. Which is, I think, why that and the music definitely is why this movie has stood the test of time and is such a cult classic that it's so it's so good. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's interesting to me, too, because, like, for a really long time, this was kind of like, but like it was an legitimately underground kind of movie, and now it's very mainstream in yeah. a way that is interesting to say the least. Um, 
like, but like, it, there's, I feel like it's something that like, st you can still get an experience of like, yeah, like, just like watch it, you can see like, yeah, this is like a weird, like subversive kind of movie, especially like in the specific time in which it was released. It's like, yeah, yeah this is, this is really strange. Uh, <laughs> I, I also, I also have to say that like, there, like, I feel like a lot of movies in the vein of Rocky Horror, uh, become hard to distinguish between like love letters and uh, like condescending parodies. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think it's a really hard line to toe. Uh, and there's not many people who can do it consistently, and there's, uh, it's just a difficult line to walk, especially because everyone perceives everything differently. But I think yeah. Rocky Horror is, uh, I, th I think one reason it has stood the test of time, like you said, is because it's so good at keeping itself firmly in the shoes of, like, how much it completely embraces the ludicrous heights and lows of what it is paying homage to um, yeah i mean even the uh well what i don't even remember what they call him the the guy who narrates directly to the audience uh from his chair in his office like dr Scott. I, I feel like anyone who's seen the mole people yes thank you ah couldn't remember the name anyone <laughs> who wait oh wait is that wait is that it wait, oh, wait. dr scott is is the one in, he's in the wheelchair. Yeah, no, 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 no. That, but, but he's different from the guy who's like in uh, his office. One, yeah, one second, I'll find him. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I don't even know if he has a name. <laughs> I can't. I can't type that fast. Here we go. Okay, cast. <laughs> the criminologist. The, the criminologist. The yep. yep. Okay. All right. Yeah, um, my god, it's it's just the most mole people and, like, so many other movies thing, and it's yeah. so specific, and they don't just, like, be like, oh, here it is, right? Isn't this funny? They fully incorporate it in all its ridiculous, obnoxious obtrusiveness into their script, and it's glorious. Yeah. The, like, untimely interruptions are... Ah, uh, moi. And that's actually another thing I'll say works better in the movie, at least in my opinion, that you can hard cut, or, you know, in reality, you know, goofy, goofily transition uh, with an editing effect. But you can edit to that scene. There's like, it's, it's not even like you shift your eyes away from something. It's just like, we're done with this, and we're going <laughs> to give you this dry bit instead. Yeah. Do you know there's a sequel to Rocky Horror? Oh god, I remembered that they like I thought they remade it, but was there really a sequel? Yeah, it's called Shock Treatment, I believe. Shock Treatment. Oh my god. Yeah, it's called Shock Treatment. It was released in 81. Oh, this rings a This rings a bell, but I can't say I know anything about it, honestly. Uh yeah, I didn't I didn't know anything about it either until I kind of just ran across it, but um yeah, I don't. 
okay, Brad and Janet on a TV game show. Okay. <laughs> All right then. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to watch this one. Just, just like, is it just like all the same cast basically? I don't think Tim Curry's in it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Huh. Let's see here. Where is it available? <laughs> <laughs> Probably nowhere. Um. Yeah. I. It's Richard O'Brien. I think is the one and. Oh my gosh, he's the guy who plays Riff Raff. No wonder he's so yeah. fucking good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. I can't even see where to watch this movie. <laughs> Netflix, maybe. <laughs> but, yeah, I didn't know there was a, a sequel to it until a few days ago when I kind of just ran across it. But I, I'm sure that I was informed of this at some point by like the people I knew in college who were really into cult films. Mm -hmm. uh shout out to jeff uh if he ever <laughs> randomly stumbles across this podcast <laughs> but uh yeah i i completely forgot about it and never ended up watching it <laughs> <laughs> um let's see here and so do you have a favorite character mine has to be frankenfurter i think it's i mean just so it, he's so out there that you just have to love him <laughs> yeah. and I I mean I think this movie has done a lot more than just um, kind of help this kind of genre I think with Frankenfurter and all the whole cast really kind of helped in a lot of ways with the cultural kind of acceptance of, you know, transgender people. I mean, yeah, I mean, for being seven. For... Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, for being released in, in 1975, I mean, I can only imagine how progressive a movie this was for that time. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting in the sense that, like, it's not kind of, it's not like progressive in the way that like social issue movies were, you know, yeah. where it's like, oh, let's we want to show you something in a positive light that you maybe haven't thought of this way before. It's it's progressive in this really rebellious "fuck you" attitude kind of way. That yeah. like, like in the way that like John Waters movies are kind of progressive in a way that they're not really progressive at all, but like, <laughs> it's hard to like, yeah, yeah, uh, it, it revels in itself oh, uh, yeah. and has no shame. And I think that's wonderful. I also, yeah. I mean, like, I'm, you know, I, I'm trans and so I definitely like have a part of me that, like, loves seeing characters like Frankenfurter on the screen and everything, but, like, I, I also, like, think it's worth noting that, like, very specifically in the text of the film, like, is identified is, as a transvestite, right? Which is yeah. its own specific thing, and, like, that's, that's a specific identity, and there are a lot of people who identify that way and would definitely not identify as like transgender. Mm -hmm. And that's 
I, I, I feel like that's worth mentioning, because I know that uh, there's been a lot of dialogue around uh, gender, and which I appreciate, you know, <laughs> living in it. Uh, yeah. But, like, I think I think that's worth bringing up. It's like, yeah, we, we don't want to forget any of the members of our communities. Uh, yeah. Or to uh, paint people who were, uh, you know, specifically part of uh, a different thing as something else, because it's uh, it feels more timely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's all complicated. Of course we want to, you know, it, it's, it's still wonderful to be able to like see yourself on screen in some capacity. And I don't want to like suggest that we need to take that away from everyone who does. Right. I know yeah. I don't want to take it away from myself. Uh, but yeah, it's worth remembering the, the people in our communities, uh, especially when we're talking about a movie that's so unabashedly, uh, queer and, phenomenal yeah yeah it <laughs> yeah i've i've started uh, once this podcast episode comes out it will be have it'll have been quite a few sundays but each sunday now i've done a sunday session which is my way of kind of reaching out to the lgbtq community um it's kind of just a, an off-topic kind of thing, but I think it's important that we include everyone. Um, and each episode, no matter what episode I put out, um, I put out that, you know, here at this podcast, we accept everyone, no matter who you are. And it's kind of a shitty world. <laughs> and if you need help, you know, Here's here's the number to the suicide hotline to the Trevor Project, and you know, you can reach out to me also. I mean, I very specifically make sure everyone knows that if you're going through a hard time, you can come to me. You can come to the pot or to the Trevor Project, um, which I personally have gone to the Trevor Project just to you know reach out when I was going through quite the <laughs> the situation, you can say. But this movie definitely shines in itself of we're different and we're going to revel in it and we don't care who, who gives a fuck about what we think. This is me. I'm Frankenfurter. And if I want to walk around in a corset and fishnets, damn it, I'm going to. <laughs> And and it's and everyone is so flawed, which is beautiful because yeah. no one is uh, the the poor token that has to die at the end. Every like Frankenfurter <laughs> is a catty bitch who dies at the end. <laughs> and it's great, <laughs> and it's very. I mean, it's very sad in its way, right? And the movie yeah. understands how to make, how to ramp that up to be as sad as possible, and it's brings a tear to my eye but like <laughs> i love that too like i like we i love i love like people in the queer community and we're all people and good god if sometimes <laughs> <laughs> people can occasionally be a little obnoxious and that is that's okay yeah that's that's, that's a part that's a part of all of us and yeah have I asked what your favorite song is from the movie? Uh, 
I think in the context of the movie, since it's like, you know, basically my favorite scene, it's probably uh, t- the time warp. But I think the opening song sets the tone really well. And it's a really yeah. sweet song. I, I like <laughs> I like the opening a lot to this movie. Uh, yeah, and it, it works so well being able to have a close up on the lips like that. It's, it's yeah, great. I think out of those, I think those two songs are kind of the songs that people know the most from this movie. But I think sure, the scene. Sure. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think "Time Warp" would be the song that people know the most. But I think the scene that people know the most is um, uh, "Sweet Transvestite." When he's up yeah. on stage and he drops his robe. <laughs> yeah. I think that that right there, people know the most from this movie. Yeah. I mean, it's funny to me because, like, in my brain, I realized I said Time Warp, part of my favorite scene, which we already discussed the sweet, tra- tra- sweet transvestite. I realized my brain mushes the two together into, like, two acts of the same song. I mean, they kind of are. <laughs> <laughs> they go back to back, so. Yeah. I mean, Time Warp fades into Sweet Transvestite, so... Yeah, it's true. The... God, I'm, it's funny, the first half of this movie is, like, like in the show, too, right? It, it's so packed with, like, all the amazing songs, just one after the other. And then, like, yeah. a lot of musicals, it kind of, like, gets into more dialogue in the second half. And there's not as many songs. Yeah. <laughs> but... God, it's just classic after classic starting out. It's really wild. Yeah. I really you know something I really like. I love Creature of the Night. Um because I love <laughs> the way it's sung. It's really 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 fun. Yeah. Um let's see here. There's just I think I'm going home also is another kind of solid song. <laughs> oh, man. Again, tear to my eye every time. Oh um, yeah, I mean, it's it's such campy melodramatic tragedy. Oh, brings tears to my eyes. <laughs> I think once Tim Curry goes, that will be the song that he flies off to. <laughs> <laughs> Is that song right there? Oh boy, there are so <laughs> many amazing. There are so many amazing songs at this point from Tim Curry's career. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like Tim Curry's on the same level as like people like Boris Karloff and like Vincent Price, where like he just elevates the material that he's a part of. Absolutely, uh, <laughs> absolutely, he's outstanding at it. Uh, I mean, it's it's so hard to like not just talk about like just completely talk about Tim Curry talking about Rocky Horror because he really does just knock it out of the fucking park oh um, yeah he's he's <laughs> he's the star of the <laughs> god which is I perfect because the character thinks he's the star of everything too <laughs> yeah i mean i mean if you think about it you know kind of outside the film i think he's gone the furthest i mean yeah, I mean, in terms of being, uh, in terms of doing like big movies and stuff, yeah, I think that's accurate. I uh, a lot. I mean, of course, unsurprisingly, perhaps a lot of the people in the movie uh, went on to be like kind of mainstays and like weird 
sort of uh, underground indie films and stuff. <laughs> the biggest film. Appropriate. The biggest film I can think of from uh, Barry Boswick, who plays Brad, is Teen Beach Movie. So. <laughs> oh man. I mean, <laughs> but let's let's look here because I mean there might he's in the Hannah Montana movie. I mean. <laughs> Well, there we go then. All right. I, uh, oh, he's in Phineas and Ferb too. Yeah, I'm just kind of scrolling now through what he's in. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the other stuff that he's in. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it's also worth noting, like, a decent amount of the people in the movie were involved in the stage production. So there's actually yeah. a lot of people in the movie ha who have uh, some pretty good presence in uh, like the stage world that they don't necessarily have in the film world. Yeah, that's true. I guess if you want to count Meatloaf, maybe Meatloaf went a little farther, but... Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. Meatloaf uh, Meatloaf <laughs> ended up being pretty successful, didn't he? Yeah. I actually have no idea off the top of my head whether he was already like a successful musical artist at the time, or whether that came later. I have no idea when his heyday was. Yeah, I don't even know. Oh, man. That's... He's worth $40 million, in case you wanted to know. Oh, okay. Well... <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, I, don't even, I don't even know. Let's see. When did Bad Out of Hell come out? When did Paradise by Dashboard Light come out? <laughs> that was 1977, so that's two years after the movie. Okay. So, I mean... Yeah, all right. Yeah, so that's. it seems like that was... Uh, that was his start. Uh, I mean, it seems like he's definitely doing stuff. Yeah. Um... And then, like, yeah, and then that became a bigger thing afterwards. Yeah. But he was definitely sort of a person who was doing stuff at the time and everything. All right, cool. Got it. Um, oh, well, just trying to think of, like, other great moments of this movie, which, I mean, the whole movie is a great moment. So Yeah, ultimately, this could become a list of uh, scenes in Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. I mean, the end, um, the end scene in the pool. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Absolutely, absolutely. There's, the I remember, uh, I, I remember I rewatched this for our talk about this, and there's, uh -huh. like, Randomly, my brain thought about uh, a movie called Shivers, because that movie also has a big climactic ending <laughs> in a pool. Okay. A very different kind of movie. <laughs> <laughs> but my brain, like, for some reason planted it in my head, and I couldn't get it out of my head. It kind of colored the scene a little differently. <laughs> but it's also a movie about, uh, with a lot of, uh, sex, uh... Sex people, sexed up people hunting other people to make them more sexed up. But it's a much different tone. Uh, uh, anyway, alright. Uh, <laughs> Shivers is a whole rabbit hole we don't need to go down. <laughs> so what do you think has made Rocky Horror such a cult classic? I mean, the audience, right? It, the yeah. answer's just gotta be the audience. Uh, I mean, of course, like, you know, the film is great and the show is great, but the way people engage with it and the way people have gone to such lengths to make it an event to like go out and like, the, like, yeah, it's just, it's the way that people engage 
with like seeing it in front of them yeah it's it's this amazing symbiotic relationship that you get with movies sometimes and yeah yeah i mean that's why i think that more than anything is why it's endured i mean of course it helps that the movies uh got this whole thing about like outsiders right um mm -hmm. and so like it draws all the all of us amazing freaks to it right <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just such a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to say besides it's just such a good movie. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, obviously in the time of COVID, maybe not, but like when it's safe again, go and see it in person if you ever can. Like yeah. see it with an audience and you don't, you don't have to know everything going in your first time. Everyone else will, right? Like, there will be plenty yeah. of people who do know everything. Uh, and you just, you can fall into the crowd and you can fall into the this uh, chorus of people who are uh, the, the second half of the film, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's a wonderful experience that I highly recommend to anyone. <laughs> I was talking to some, I was talking to two directors that do a shadow cast of Rocky Horror and... Washington mm -hmm. and it just like they just the way they talk about it and just like how much crowd interaction is it's just it seems like so much fun I mean yeah. I would I haven't I haven't been to a shadow cast or the the production which I regret now not going to the production when it was at the community college last year but mm -hmm. definitely gonna keep my eye out for it Probably not this year, but next year. <laughs> <laughs> this year has been quite a, a clusterfuck, so... <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, I boy. Mean, I, I think one great thing about it that I remember, like, my first time, you know, seeing it, like, you know, when I saw it, uh, like, when it was being performed on stage, there's a certain amount of, if you've never done it before, falling into, like, just shouting stuff like asshole and slut every time they say like characters' names, right? Every time they say Brad and Janet and like <laughs> throwing stuff and making a ruckus. I, there's something about uh, doing this stuff that feels really weird at first, but then you like fall into and really get into that mirrors what happens in the movie itself. It's also yeah. a really cool experience to have. Uh, it's very in the spirit of the film uh, <laughs> that a lot of, uh, <laughs> Other rowdy experiences aren't necessarily. I mean, if you ever go to see the room, it's also famously rowdy, but it's in a very different way. And it's not really uh, with a lot of respect and uh, admiration for the film. <laughs> <laughs> it, gotcha. it feels like an extension of uh, of what it represents uh, and the spirit of it. Okay. Um. All right. Well. Let's. <laughs> I don't know. There's just so much to talk about. There's yeah, sure, totally, totally. There's so much um, to talk about, and there must always be a cutoff point. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> well, is there anything you would like to add about this movie? About how great it is? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, all along I haven't been a big fan of it. No, <laughs> um, I. <laughs> 
That's blasphemy right there. Uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'll definitely say, like, I do truly believe that the, like, full experience is seeing it in, like, a theater with a crowd. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a really good movie, but, like, I think if I had never been to a live, uh, if I had never been to see the film with a crowd, that was engaging with it, I never would have like understood the movie, I guess, the way that like I do having seen that. Yeah. Um, like it, it, it completes, it, it kind of completes the experience. Uh, I, it's hard for me to imagine the movie without it. Uh, which, you know, I, I don't, it's not a bad thing, but it just means that I, for me, I guess I view the movie as one part okay. on its own. Uh, yeah. And it's a really enjoyable part, but yeah. All righty. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's my subjective experience of it. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Where can people find your podcast? My podcast can be found at weeklyrabbithole.podbean.com. And you can also find it on YouTube at uh jack davis martin which perfect. is my name <laughs> perfect thank you much for coming on absolutely thank you for having me for yeah, the nope. amazing hundredth episode <laughs> no problem thank you much <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for listening to this episode of the foggy jack live podcast Please make sure to follow us on all of our social media sites at FoggyJack13. It's the same on all of them, but especially Instagram. That's where we are most active. Please leave a five-star iTunes review if you like the show. It'll help the show out tremendously. Also, please join the Foggy Jack Live Club for $1 or $5. The first giveaway is going to be a t-shirt, just to let everybody know. And I am excited to meet everybody again down at the Pumpkin Patch where the Haunters meet the Haunted. Goodbye and blessed be. Ah!